My name is David Boyd, and this class is Externally Focused Kids Ministry. I'm going to be talking about how to grow your classroom, grow your kids' church, grow your rangers, grow your girls' ministries, grow your church. Okay, That's kind of what it boils down to, how to reach the families, the kids in your community. So that's kind of the topic of what we're going to talk about today. Now before I get started, let me introduce myself. Uh, I'm David Boyd. That's my wife, Mary, right over there. We've had the privilege of, of leading children's ministries at the national office for the last 20 years. And uh, for the first eight years, I was both national children's director and BGMC director. And lo and behold, now I'm also national children's director, co-director again. They did that just to be nice. Mark Gensminger is our director, and uh, he is a great, great guy. But uh, they threw that title on me recently because he was getting busy with some other things and I get to assist him. But it's been my joy to be a children's pastor for 17 years. And now I get to teach children's pastors for the last 20 years. So that makes me old. <laughs> but uh, children don't change as much as you think. Now they are different today, but in many ways they're still exactly the same. They would love to have some adult sit down and look at their drawing or look at whatever they're doing, or hear their story. They love you to know their name, okay? Those things all stay the same. They want to have a relationship with somebody. And more and more in today's busy society, they don't get it very much. Many churches don't have small group, and that almost destroys relationship with kids. Parents are so busy, the kids don't get time with their parents. Classrooms at school are bigger than they used to be. So really, kids are starved for an adult who will know their name. So it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful time to be in children's ministries. It's a needed time. Um, our world is more wicked than it was when you were growing up, by far. And they have to grow up in it. Um, and so they need us more than ever before. Um, BGMC is our main focus. Let me mention something. Last week, we haven't even announced it yet. Last week, we put on another summit. Our summits are basically free events you get to go to. While you're there, you're going to pledge to raise money for a missionary. The missionary is actually paying for the costs of you being there. We call it a summit. And uh, we just scheduled one that starts October 1st in Pigeon Forge, which is close enough for many of you. A wonderful place. We booked seven cabins in the mountains. They're all close to each other. The smallest is three bedroom. The biggest is 15 bedroom. So we have like 35 bedrooms to fill with, uh, with a couple or a single or two singles or whatever you want. And um, um, each bedroom has its own bathroom and all that sort of thing. And we have a wonderful time. We've done that twice before over the last 10 years and had wonderful success. The nice thing about a summit is you're kind of hanging together in cabins and going off and doing the dinner shows for dinner time. And in the morning we spend with our missionaries and you get to meet them face to face and hear their stories and get to know them. And that's always a highlight because children's pastors as a whole don't get much time with missionaries. They are not there in the service when they're speaking. They rarely don't come to kids' church. And normally you're not the one pegged to go buy them lunch at some fi fancy restaurant, okay? It just doesn't happen. So it will be a highlight to get to spend time with our missionaries. The pledge for that one's $2,500, which means over the next year after that time, or year and a half, so through all of the rest of 2019 and all of 2020, you have that time to raise money for that missionary. 
The other thing is you're mixing with people who have all kinds of ideas on how to raise BGMC funds. So rarely do you ever have anybody walk away from there without going, oh, this is going to be easy. And it doesn't seem to be easy, but it is when you have a good idea. And so that's why we do it. That's what that's all about. And that commercial is now over, and it's time for us to get started. All right? So Eternally Focused Kids Ministries. Uh, I want to start by, uh, by showing you some things. We polled the top 100 churches in the Assemblies of God that were growing the fastest. And we asked us, tell us about children's ministries. Here's what they said. Uh, Radiant Church, kids' ministries is extremely important. It can capture the kids' needs and development. It will bring their parents to church. Now remember, that you can show your pastor these. These are from the fastest growing churches in the Assemblies of God. Number two, it's difficult to get through the door to reach a family. Kids are the key to the door of evangelism, right? Number three, see if you see any sense of, uh, if anything seems familiar. Kids' ministries is extremely important. If you can capture the kids' needs and development, it will bring their parents to church. Do you think your pastor ought to know what the secrets of the fastest-growing churches are? <laughs> it's a well-run, well-managed, well-funded, well-put-together kids' ministry. All right? So I put those on there specifically so you can go home and show your pastor these statements because kids' ministries does make a difference. And we'll talk about that in this hour, so you'll become a little bit more versed on it. But here's some other things. These next six, they are from people who chose an Assemblies of God church, the same church. All six of these are the same church. Okay? It says, kids used to fight and scream to go to church. Then we visited First Assembly. Now they beg us to go. They love Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries. Next one. I heard people talking about the kids program, so I tried First Assembly. Kids ministry was the main, main reason we stayed. Can you see how these might just affect your senior pastor if he reads these, right? Look at the next one. My kids enjoyed themselves on Easter Sunday. We decided to visit again next week. My kids love kids church and Sunday school. We chose First Assembly. We were impressed by the kindness of the teachers at First Assembly. Our kids wanted to go here. They learned about God. It was an easy decision to choose this church. And finally, the First Assembly, we found kids' ministry full of people who believed in reaching children. Today, we not only attend First Assembly, we are an active part of the children's team. Now, I'm going to back up here. I want you to study this a second. I want you to tell me... Um, where are we at here? Everybody, senior pastor, move forward one more time. Tell me, we, there's some things we need to learn from each one of these. So tell me what you're seeing. What have you learned here from this statement? Huh? Okay, so kids can actually beg, beg to go to certain churches. What else can you see from this? Yeah. Okay, there, there were kids that loved these programs and loved what, what they were doing. There's going to be somebody that says these programs are not for today, and the kids would say otherwise. Right. Connection and relationship, that's natural small group, Rangers and Girls Ministries, that's what they're good at, is small group. What were you going to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was an attitude change in the kids. And, of course, you said leading them to Christ. It's happening in those classrooms. Let's look at the next one. What can we learn from this? Kids' 
They stayed because of kids' ministries? There's a buzz in your community, good or bad, there's always a buzz in your community. Yeah. Right. They're either, it's a, think of a restaurant. Okay. My wife, before she goes to a restaurant, she wants to ask people who've been there. We try it once. Once. And we either go back or never go back. Right? Sometimes we don't try it at all because a friend of ours tried the restaurant. Right? Isn't it true for a church as well? So you do have a, an image that spreads throughout the community. What were you going to say, Crystal? Same thing. Let's look at this next one. My kids enjoyed themselves on the... Oh, yeah, you already read it. What, what are you seeing here? They tried it and they wanted to come back? What? Yeah, true. What were you going to say, ma'am? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You could, have a, you could have a parent worried about their kids and they hear that at first assembly their kids are getting discipled and they say, I'm going, to try for, I'm going to try going to church for the first time in my life. I tried first assembly. It doesn't say I tried 12 churches. See? What were you going to say? Yeah. Excellent. Let's look at this next one. What do you see? They were impressed with the, the kindness of the teacher. And, the, and there was love. There was an openness. Yeah. The K word. Kindness. Yeah. Yes, massively. I mean, they might like the pastor's preaching, but if the kids don't want to go, right? It might be close to their church or close to their house. It might be 30 miles away, but something's going to just make that parent decide to go to that church. What else do you see here? He said kindness and love. What else do you see? There's something else. Okay, it made it easy on the parents. They saw their lives changing. Do you see that? They saw their kids changing. So your church not only has to be fun, it has to change the kids' lives. There is a tendency today to have a fun kids' ministry, and, that's, and the kids don't learn anything. Okay? And parents find that out a few years later when they find out their kids don't even know the, who the Moses is and don't know who... Because they found out they went to a church where it was fun, but they weren't learning anything. So there's a balance there, okay? What's this next one say? Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh huh. Yeah. Good. Themselves. And obviously there was a team to join. See? So again, pretty amazing things. Let's look at this last one. I think it's the last one. They love to get mail. They love to get mail, folks. Exactly. They love to get mail. They love to get phone calls. Even if it's the answering machine. Everybody else sends the answering machine. But kids are like, play it again, Mom. <laughs> right? So, let me start talking a little bit. I'm using the example of a pond for a second. And um, so if you're a fisherman, you're out there fishing, you're in your boat, you're fishing that, you know, line out there. How many have ever fished before in the room? You understand fishing principles, okay? The rest of you, at least you've watched a show or two. <laughs> so you're out there fishing, you're throwing your line out there, and all of a sudden you feel a, and then you realize, and, you, and you, there was no fish on the line. So what do you do? Where do you cast it? Same spot. You know there's a hungry fish over there, right? So you don't just go like this, 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 like, oh, missed it. Okay, back your foot. Phew, okay, let's try that again. Phew, oh, well, let's try that again. I know there's one over there. Phew, whoa, 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 right? Isn't that what fishermen do? They know there's a fish over there. They got a nibble. They go back after it. They try it again. They try it again. And when you get one on the line, there's a 100% chance you can have it for dinner, right? No, he's not in your boat yet. Now, this is not a perfect analogy. We don't eat the kids that we end up winning to Jesus. We're not cannibals, okay? So the difference between an analogy and, a, and some other things is, uh, is that, that it only goes so far. But the fish that's on the line is not on your stringer yet, right? Those of you guys that are fishermen, you know you keep some pressure on it. You bring it in gently. You, you know, it's like there's an art to bringing it over here and getting it over here and getting it to the side of the boat. And they find it in the boat. And once it's in the boat, it'll never get out, right? Wrong, Wrong okay? <laughs> it can flap on the boat and flap out, okay? You got to get it on the stringer, okay? Even then, I lost a stringer full of fish once, but we won't go there. You could lose the whole stringer, okay? That's not part of the analogy. But that's the way fishing works. You're trying to find the fish. When you find the fish, you keep going back to the spot. And the nibbling ones, you're trying to get a nibble to, to turn into a bite. You're trying to do a bite into a hook. You're trying to get a hooked one on the line, guiding them to your boat. And when they get to the boat, you're trying to get them out of the water, into your boat. And once they're in the boat, you're trying to get them in the stringer. Okay? Well, your regular kids, they're like you're in your stringer. Okay? Can you lose one of them? Yes, not a perfect example, but in the stringer. So how do you get the kids in your community into the stringer? It's all these little steps. That's what we're talking about today. Okay? We call that evangelism, outwardly focused evangelism for kids. So when I start talking about the dotted line for the pond, that's not kids on the stringer, that's or on the that just kids, those are nibbles, okay? And then when it guns a solid line, that's the fish on the string, okay?
okay? You're trying to get, and the very center is when you finally get him in the boat. So it's the same kind of concept when we start talking about the church. So I want you to think that the very first time a child attends one of your events, anywhere in your city, whatever you're doing, the very first time they show up, that's the very first nibble, okay? And when you get to that nibble, there has to be a way, and we're going to teach you this, how do you get that second nibble? How do you get that second piece? They haven't even visited your church yet. You might be in the city park having a free swimming day for the community. All the kids get to swim for free at the YMCA. You know, all you did was pay for it, right? But you advertise free swimming on this day. Um, that's the nibble. Why? Because you're in charge. You're the person. You're the man. You're the woman. Okay. Um, we did this at times with free roller skating. We rented out the whole roller skating rink and advertised free roller skating. Okay. It became our first nibble at people in the city, kids who like to roller skate. Ice skate. You might have an ice skating rink. Same thing. These entry level things. All right, solid line is the first time they enter the door of your church. And inner circle is when they actually come regularly. All right, so let's talk about how we make that happen. I call it six steps of children's evangelism. Entry level event, data collection, invitation, creative events, relationships, and facilities. Most churches today go straight to facilities. And it's true, if you are shopping for a church, you move to town, your family's a Christian, you're going to go church to church to church to church, and you're going to be looking at the churches. Okay? Now, facilities is one of those things. But, you know, one of the things they look for is cleanliness. So, in a big church, they have a few advantages, but they also have a few disadvantages. The advantages, they got big church, big space, big money, and all those kinds of things. Disadvantage, more square inches to keep clean, more people to staff, those sorts of things. So the facility, I'm going to talk about that more at the end. Uh, most people see that and then say, oh, a church can never keep up. Well, guess what? Facilities is like the last thing often that churches are looking for. Remember the six things we said before was any one of them say, I attended First Assembly, wow, the facility was amazing, we decided to stay. They didn't. What did they say? The teachers were kind. They believed in children's ministries. They taught our kids. Our kids changed. The children's team was neat. We got a letter in the mail. Is there anything there that has to do with size of church? No. So don't let it be an excuse that we can't keep up with the big church down the street. Okay? If we take care of what we have and we have a good team and a good joy and we have good relationship, and we'll attract fish. Okay? When you're out there fishing, there are old guys in old fishing boats and sometimes they're catching more fish than the guy with the, you know, he's going around with the latest and the greatest and the fish finders and all that kind of stuff, you know? So consider that. So let's talk about these one at a time, okay? Entry-level events. First of all, back to our fishing analogy, I want to throw your imagination again. If there were no rules on how to catch fish, how would you do it to give yourself a better chance? Yeah, go where the fish are. Go where the fish are. I want you to think out of the box now. 
What, if there was no rules, what could you do to get more fish home for dinner? Stick a dynamite. Excellent. No, you see what I'm saying? No rules. Light that baby, throw it over. I got a good joke by that, but I don't have time to tell it. Okay. But uh, throw, that, throw that. The guy hands the game warden a stick of dynamite and says, you're going to arrest me or you're going to fish? <laughs> he had to throw it up. Anyway, so. <clears throat> Use a net. How big a net? This big a net? This big, huge net. Just drive around the lake with a big net behind your boat, you know? Right. Anything else, if you could do anything? Chum it up. Drain the lake. <laughs> the fish are all, just pick them all. I mean, anything, okay? So now when we go to children's ministries, okay, entry level event, anything works. You're trying to get the name of kids in your city. So that's why I mean you can go and have free um, swimming day and you rent the swimming pool. Well, that takes money. Yep, that would, be a, it would be a cost for the church, an evangelistic cost, whatever that would cost. It might cost you 300 bucks or something. You don't have those kinds of funds. Well, then what, what, what could you do in the park with water? You could have a water fun day and you could have sponge wars and you know, sponges and buckets and everybody throwing sponges at each other. You could, you know, you can come up with any activity um, to draw kids, to gather them so that you can capture their name, their address, their info. You can have a bike safety week. Invite the police. They're looking for a place anyway. Have them, have them do it at your church in your parking lot and, you know, put out, have them put out the cones and spray paint on your parking lot and do their bike safety week just because every kid in their family who's got to get the helmet and do their study, you know, you know, you're trying to attract bodies to your church, attract bodies, and you're trying to capture their names, okay? Anything could be a creative kind of, a, of, of an event. Um, as I said before, roller skating, renting the roller skating rink or whatever the case is. And we'll go through some more of these. But so whatever the event is, number two, we call it data collection. You want to somehow get the name of that child. Somehow get an address, phone number, email of the parents. See what I mean? Because until you have that, you can't do anything further. You don't know where they live. You can't cast your fishing pole back towards that one single child. So how do you do that? There's some kind of a registration or some kind of a, uh, of a, of a giveaway. So if you are uh, you know, having, having sponge wars in the park or if you're having an Easter egg hunt in a park, that's a, that's a good one to talk about. Uh, Easter egg hunts don't have to be big and gigantic. We have a friend that does like 15 Easter egg hunts every Easter. And they simply have posters up in an area of the town. They have a, a, a park. They roll in in a half hour. They scatter out eggs. All the kids come around there. They register them. They say go. They pick up the eggs. They get in their bus and they, you know, van. They drive to the next spot. They're just giving out stuff, you know. But what they're collecting is the names of all those kids. And so by registering... You register for this and you get the blue bag and you have to put all your eggs in the blue bag. And the blue bag's nothing more than a blue Walmart bag or a you know, plastic bag, but it shows I'm, I'm registered because I got a blue bag, you know. If you got a blue bag, you're allowed to pick up eggs and so everybody gets registered. And if it's a mom and you've got three kids, it's easy. She has her information, one email address, one address, three kids' names, 
she's ready to go. You're just trying to get those names. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And there's a whole science to egg hunts that we can teach on, because the bigger they get, the crazier they get, and you got to have areas for three and four year olds, and and uh, you got to make sure the parents don't go with them because they're willing to throw it, push down somebody else's four year old, or protect their four year old, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so there are certain things that you'd want to learn about egg hunts. Um, the fact that they did 15 little ones was actually helpful because they could put all the eggs out there and say, when I say the number of your birthday, you're able to go. So anybody who here is one, you know, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, you know, give them a head start. Four-year-olds, five-year-olds, you know, that kind of thing. And then, of course, the older kids go sprinting around the little ones because you have spread it out. But there are some sciences to that. But the key, the key of any outreach of any kind, okay, it could be a... I know I'm jumping around, but it could be a fishing derby. You've got a lake in your town. You've got, you know, have, have 20 fishing bowls, some men and some women, bowls, bows, uh, poles, <laughs> and plenty of bait. And then have, you know, show, let the kids, you know, try and catch fish on the, you know, free. There's, there's mothers in your city that wouldn't ever touch a worm and their little boy would love to fish. And you say free fishing, come, you know, and, and away it goes. Capture their names. Okay, anything you can do to capture their names. Because once you have their names, first of all, in today's society, you can email that home and it doesn't cost a dime. Okay, if you, if you mail the home, yeah, it's going to cost you 50 cents, but kids love mail, remember that. But what you're gathering the name for is whatever your next special event is. Some of which are still going to be in the city and some of which are going to be back at your church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. If you're a Rangers and Girls Ministries and you say, hey, don't miss hot dog night this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, free hot dogs and drinks for all the kids. Come join us for Rangers and Girls Ministries Wednesday night. Let us mentor your kids. If you have all these names you've collected from the things, you're going to have some of them show up for free hot dogs and to find out what Rangers and Girls Ministries is. Have they joined your church yet? No, but now they're hooked and they're on the string. They've come to your church for the first time, see? They've visited rangers. They've visited girls' ministries. Or if a Sunday morning event, hey, come Sunday morning, 11 o'clock for kids' church. Afterwards, we're having hot dogs, Cokes, and ice cream for our annual kids' picnic. It's from 12 to 1210. <laughs> right? It's basically just kids' church, only at the end we're handing out hot dogs, see? You can make it more expansive. You can have a, a blow-up and a bounce, but you're just trying to get them to come back that one time. All right? So it all starts with capturing their information. Um, when you give a card to somebody, there's always a key line on that card that says home church. If you say home church and they say First St. Lutheran, they have a church home. But if they say Lutheran, they don't know the name of their church. Any more than if I said, where do you, where do you, you know, your home church, and you said Assemblies of God. What you're really saying is, if I go back to church someday, I used to be Assemblies of God, I'm going to go to an AG church, but since I don't know the name of my church, I'm Assemblies. So if they say Catholic, they don't go to church. They say St. Francis, 
They go to church because they know the name of their church. So those become two entirely different lists for you. One of them you can email back and say, hey, we're so glad that you were at our kids' fishing derby last Saturday. Um, it was a fun event. The biggest fish caught was six and a half inches. Wow, you know. But to the kids, it was a big deal. And we noticed that you have a home church. Please go to it for, uh, uh, regularly. Please teach your kid about Jesus. We want them to grow and to become adults for him. Would you like to still be on our mailing list? Please let us know. So now they get this email that encourages them to keep investing in their child's life. And they let you know whether or not they're interested in you pitching the line over their way. See? And if you have free events that are fun, a lot of them will say, yeah, yeah, our church doesn't do any of this kind of stuff, and, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. And they might have found you, your people kind. They might have found your people loving. They might have found your people friendly. And part of them is going, wow, this is kind of cool. But you don't want to presume by just sticking them on your list. You want to give them that moment to let them sign up. Okay? That's just good, especially in small communities. Word will spread that you actually asked, told them to be faithful to their church. One of those kids might be the pastor's daughter or son of the Lutheran church. And you've just told him to be faithful. Would you like to be on there? And he might say yes. Believe it or not. Okay? So that's how you're kind of taking that next step as far as capturing their data. So now whatever emails are nice, you start getting an email block going. And um, emails, don't worry too much about when an email comes back bad, although it's always worth double-checking. Because there's a moment they wrote on the card, there's a moment you typed it in your computer, and you go back and you realize that wasn't an L, it was a 1. So you can lose a name just because you let it drop. But if you take that extra moment to see what dropped, go back and look at it, you can say, ah, there's something right here. Or sometimes it's just flat your mistake. You missed a letter. You don't want to miss a kid because you missed a letter. So go back, do the extra effort to find out what was this to get that correct address. Because that correct address is amazing. So to jump a little around just a little bit, at one point um, we had our, our normal powwow for Royal Rangers. Only we call them father-son powwows. Because we want visitors to come, not just our regular rangers. Otherwise, why are you having a salvation altar call at powwow when you don't have anybody there that's unsaved? See? So we would purposely go after visitors. And so we called it a father-son powwow. So I had two fathers register, them and their sons. I'd never met them before. Okay, now there's certain liabilities you have to kind of figure out. You've got men coming that are visitors and they aren't screened and all that kind of stuff. So today you have to kind of figure out how to handle those kinds of things. They, we gave them their own, their own tent for them and their boys. So they weren't mixing. They weren't, you know, that kind of stuff. Or we put them in a tent with two other men and boys. I asked our lawyer one time, what's the best way? He said, one circus tent. <laughs> Everybody in one tent. He said, you have two boys in a pup tent, one sprays the other with bug spray in the eyes. Who was watching them? Really? They were in their own tent? No man in there with them? It was a pup tent. I don't know what kind of pen it was, but there should have been a man in there with them. You know, it's, so big tents are good. But anyway, I'm digressing. I asked these men, I said, uh, I haven't even met you before. Do you go to our church? Oh, no, no, no. I said, my, my wife just said I needed to take my boy. We've been supposed to spend more time. So she said this was coming up. I said, yeah, have you ever been to our church before? And he said, yeah. She said once something about a, uh, something about a, a harvest something. I don't know what it was. So here she had come to our harvest carnival all the way back in November, and her son and father are coming in June on our powwow. 
where they both get saved, and four months later, they're both ranger leaders. Why? Because all their friends are rangers. Because they went to camping with them, see? So it's just wonderful turn that can sometimes happen, but it's all tied to having that information. That information is the key to growing your church. Because all of those people don't have a church home, don't have somebody to assist the parents in mentoring their kids in any single way. Some kids may come to 10 events before they ever try your church. And some, and some kids may come a week later because, they, yeah, because they're hungry. Okay, so that goes on into what we kind of call invitations. And that means once you've captured their data, you need to have special events. Did you know that every Sunday could be a special Sunday? I mean, there are all kinds of things you can do with special Sunday. It's Cap Sunday, it's Pajama Sunday, it's Christmas in July Sunday, it's Snow Cone Sunday, it is Freeze Pop Sunday, it is Hot Dog Sunday, it is Popcorn Sunday, it is Movie Sunday, it is every Sunday could be special if you wanted it to be, right? You want to give the kids a reason not to miss because there's this thing coming up. Now, that might be overkill, but at least every second or third time you should have something special going on. So if this is Sunday school or Wednesday night, whatever it is, hey, you don't want to miss next week because next week we're having popcorn. It's popcorn Sunday, and uh, it's going to be popcorn. It's right in here and all the popcorn you can eat or whatever the case is. Well, you know, which kid is not going to want to come back next week for popcorn Sunday, see? And then when they come back and then you tell them, now two weeks from now we're going to have pizza. Pizza is going to be here. Don't miss it. Two weeks, you know, whatever. The, give the kids a reason to be faithful. Once they get more in a pattern, in a habit, those things happen. Let's talk Wednesday night a second. Mom, uh, dad, whoever are, uh, are working. And sometimes it's hard to get there on Wednesday night. Uh, but the more regular they become, the more they start putting in overtime on Monday and Tuesday night so they can leave early on Wednesday night. Why? Because the kid really likes Wednesday night church. So the more the habit is done, the more the parents have a chance to react things. Let me throw something out second for Rangers and Girls Ministries. Um, Yes, one of the reasons they are very popular and why churches grow who have them is because of the relationships formed in small groups. But even more so, it's because of the badges. So here's mom, and her kid got one badge, and everybody else got four badges. Why? Because she was unfaithful in bringing them every Wednesday night. So mom realizes she's got to go every Wednesday. She's got to go regularly if her kids are going to keep up with the other kids. Even if the other kids are the pastor's kids and they don't have a choice to go, see? So badges keep families regular. And I've never seen a church, even to this day, that grew after they dropped Rangers and Girls Ministries. There's just nothing you replace it with, unless maybe it's Awanas that has the same um, principles as Rangers and Girls Ministries, badges and loving small group leaders, right? But every time you, you drop it and you put kids' church in there, large group, kids' church, pretty soon mom says, where are you going to get that on Sunday morning? I can skip this week. And there's no repercussions. There's no badge loss. There's nothing that's going to... So pretty soon mom comes once in a while and pretty soon mom doesn't come at all. And I've had oodles of people say, well, parents just don't come out on Wednesday night anymore. And I said, why? Did you drop Rangers and Girls Ministries? They said, how'd you know? I said, because you just told me that parents used to come. And now you're telling me parents don't come. So usually it's because philosophically you change from small group to large group. 
I'm not trying to promote one thing over another, but I am trying to tell you facts. They take a lot of work. It's like Sunday school. You need leaders in every classroom. You know, it's, it's not simple ministry, but it is fruitful ministry. Okay? So small groups are really key. They're really key with kids. So this is what I mean by invitation, special events and special Sundays. And again, a special event can be just about anything. If you want to, you know, summertime, kids in the park, fun day, bounce house day. Um, As I'm going to mention a little later, uh, Rod Loy, one of our uh, top children's uh, senior pastors of a growing church, one of his favorites is preschool day in the park. And it's just for kids who are like two, three, four, and five. It says those mothers are dying because they're usually home all by themselves. Whether they're single or married, they're still home all by themselves trying to take care of those kids because somebody they're not in school yet. Okay, And they're dying. And so when you provide something in the park that's for free that they can afford to have their kids do it, they show up. So if you do it every, you know, the first, first, you know, first Tuesday of every month, you know, in the nice weather, come to the park. We're going to have stuff for your kids. That's really key. So, again, anything can become that outfit. Anything can be that invitation. And more invitations are going to happen. We'll talk about it. Okay, so we'll come up to that next. What we call that is creative. Let's see if that comes up. Creative events. Specifically, I want to talk about reaching single moms for a minute. Reaching single moms is, uh, is oftentimes the most... The, the one person who has the most needs in one family, okay? So when you offer something to a single mom, uh, you're meeting a need. So let's say, for instance, that you said that you were going to provide a shopping day. Uh, it could be any time of day if she's got little ones. So a shopping day, we're going to take care of your kids at the church from 10 o'clock till noon. You've got to go to Walmart, want to bring your kids by, you know, but we have, and you get to put the limits on it. We can only handle 15 kids, and you have to pre-register because we have to be able to tell you no if we are already at 15 kids. So by registering, you got all their information, right? 15 kids, if you maxed out at 15 kids, you can always call another leader. If you can find another leader, you can open up to more, or you can say no, not this week. But I did talk to my people, and they're going to do it again Thursday. Because, again, you're trying to give those single moms a place. They're entering the church. They're putting their kids in their church. They're meeting you. They're finding you friendly and loving and caring. And they're going off and they're having two hours without the kids. See? So you just, you just did a big thing to meet those needs, whatever those needs are. It could be in the evening if they're working. And it's, you know, again, an evening night out. She can go out with her girlfriends and have a and have a dinner, or she can go shopping, or whatever, but don't make it expansive, don't make it three, four hours long, that gets long for younger kids, keep it, you know, two hours is a good time frame, hour and a half almost doesn't give her time to get to Walmart, shop, and get back again, so two hours is a good time, don't make it four hours, they'll be glad you did, but you won't be glad you did, okay, (laughs) plan on feeding the kids, you'll probably have to have a signing form that says we're not responsible for any, you know, whatever, however you have to have in your church for any kind of events like that. Um, but again, you're meeting a need. So creative events, sing, reaching single moms. I'm going to mention a couple more of them in just a second. Actually, I'm going to do that now. Um, I mentioned Mother's Day out in the park. 
Um, that's another good one. Another good one is called a mother's cooking clinic. A lot of single moms didn't have a mother to teach them how to cook. And so um, when you say, come to our church Saturday morning from 10 to 12, we're going to teach you how to make lasagna, send you home with a pan of lasagna, and we'll take care of your kids while you're learning how to make lasagna. Do you have someone in your church that knows how to make lasagna? Anybody? How old are they? Any age, but especially the older ladies. And you're going to get the older ladies training the younger ladies. Doesn't that sound biblical somehow? See? So the older ladies are going to show them how easy it is. You put the noodles out here and you brown the hamburger. You put it in, you put cheese on here and then this sauce on here. And, and, you, and then you bake it. And they're going to be like, wow, that's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then ahead of time, you, you have pans. Or in the class, you make pans, you know, little throwaway pans. And everybody goes home with a big pan of lasagna. It might cost you $45 worth of lasagna parts. But if you have six or eight ladies, guess what? They learned how to make lasagna, and they're going to be thankful for that church the rest of their lives. They mixed with ten ladies in the church, and some of them were visitors like them, and the pastor's wife was there, and the head of the women's ministries was there, and oftentimes that's the same person. And uh, you know what I'm saying? And so they get to meet people, and you get to find out their needs. Oh, this is really wonderful. We always order at such and such because we don't have a car. We always order our food in, you know, takeout because we don't have a car. Really? Well, would you like a, a ride to church? Oh, that would be amazing. Would you find a lady a ride to church if she'd come just because she didn't have a car? Some churches would find her a car. And that's good, too. That's good, too. I'm not saying that's wrong. That's good, too. But when you find the need and you meet it, you've just brought them closer to the boat, closer to the boat. They're really close to getting in that boat. If they say, yes, pick me up, bring me to your church, it's like reaching down and putting that fish into the boat. And it started with a lasagna meal, which happened because they went to the Easter egg hunt and they were on your mailing list and you said, hey, single moms, anybody want to leave? And I didn't have to be single moms either, by the way. There's moms out there that are married that would like to know how to make lasagna, okay? So these same kinds of things are entry-level events that just draw people to church. But you're trying to make them not so much work that they kill everybody. So like when people talk about tutoring, which again is one of the things on my list here. I'll talk about it for a second. You don't say we're going to tutor kids this fall from you know, September to December. Because it's one thing to get people out to tutor kids once. It's a different thing to have them sign up for 13 weeks. But you could say... School starts August 15th. We're going to have three tutoring sessions the week of August 2nd, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. And if you'd like to come, we're going to, we're going to have tutors here. They're going to help get your kid ready for school starting again, like an update, like a, you know. But you're also capturing their information. They're finding out that you are loving, kind, and gentle church. You see what I'm saying? They are learning about you. But it's not so much that you're going to kill your volunteers by making them tutor over and over and over and over and over again. See what I'm saying? So keep things small. Um, learn from small events before you make them big, but before you promise big, things like that. Okay? Um, bike Safety Week. Day camp, that uh, especially works good for people in the summertime. Kids out, school's out, and I work full-time, and what do I do with my kid? So day camp's a lot more work, but you can also keep it simple. You can have a day camp for 10 kids, 
it's all we can handle, and they got to be age uh, 9 to 12. If that's all you can handle, that's okay. But you have a day camp, and uh, those, you know, but you're specifically, if it's an outreach event, you're specifically not doing it for your church family. You have to kind of explain that to your church family. We're trying to reach some unsaved people here, so here's what we're trying to do. Because you could probably fill that from your church, and now you're doing the extra work of doing it, and it's a blessing to the church, but you only have so many people, so you have to kind of weigh those things out. Um, I talked about mini egg hunts earlier, neighborhood Bible clubs. This idea is an interesting idea, and you know those things that you blow up, you get pretty cheap, like you blow up a flamingo or you blow up a beach ball or, you know, those little things, you can get them, you know, pretty cheap most places. Um, well, in other words, they created like four lessons and it was all around a blow-up. So if the blow-up bat, the lesson was on being on God's team. And it's just the smallest lesson you could because what you're doing is you're making 12 kits and you're asking 12 families to have three days of Bible club in their house and to invite, by canvassing their area, invite people to their house for three days of Bible study for kids in the summer called a neighborhood Bible club. And they're going to have a snack, they're going to sing a song, and you're going to give them an object lesson and a Bible story. And it's over. So it's like a 25-minute, what's it for? To get their name, their address, their information. Okay, to find out that at least two people in that church are friendly. Right? But if you have 12 people all doing a little three-day Bible club in the summertime, kids are out of school, and they each have 10 kids, now you have 120 kids that have come to that, names that you don't have from your city, and uh, you'll find some fruit from there, and you may get families that'll come visit your church because now you have their name, their address, their phone number. You might even have one that the boy of the family falls in love with the other, not falls in love, but makes friends with another boy in, in the neighborhood, and now he rides to church with them because they were found through the neighborhood Bible school thing. So again, really simple outreach things that go there. Be careful of VBSs. Oftentimes VBSs are a lot of work, and Christian families use them as babysitting. And so most of the time you're actually babysitting a Christian family. Nothing wrong with that. You are blessing kids. You are discipling kids. But if you're trying to do it for outreach, probably 90% of those kids already have their own church. Okay? And the other 10% have already been to five different VBSs. Okay? I prefer a kids crusade. I like one in the fall or May or September. But especially September, it's in the evening. The kids are at school. They can invite all their schoolmates because they're all sitting there. So your church kids can invite, you know, 800 kids because they're all in school. And you have it in the evening and you have it short. doesn't have to be long. It's from 6.30 to 7.30 or 6.30 to 8. Maybe have a bounce house afterwards or have hot dogs afterwards. Every night there's some food you're giving away. But you're apt to get a bigger demographic of unsaved, unchurched kids by your kids inviting everybody at school than the VBS, which is becoming more of a Christian kid camp sort of thing, okay? Well, I don't have too much time here left. I think I end in about three, four minutes here. So let's talk about advertising. When a new church starts, they canvass the town, they blast the town, they have ads in the paper, they do all this stuff. And then on their first Sunday, they have all these people, all these visitors. We had 212 visitors at our church plant. It's like it is a secret to grow a new church is to advertise. 
And the secret that's not used for an old church is that they don't advertise. It's like it ended somewhere. And yet you have something unique in children's ministries. One of my favorite ones is single mom, let us mentor your boys, Royal Rangers, Wednesday night. It's free. Now You don't think that wouldn't grab the heart of a single mom? Now girls' ministries is important too, but she's better at mentoring her girl than she is mentoring her boy. So the ad is stronger there. See? But you can also say single mom, let us mentor your boy as well as your girl, Royal Rangers, girls' ministries, you know, you can also add both of them in there, but the punch is that family, that's the mom that's trying to do that. There are guys out there that have a single gal, but not, not as many. Most of them don't think about mentoring them anyway. <laughs> it's like they're guys, okay. Anyway, we won't go there, but guys are less thoughtful in that regard. So, but that's a perfect advertisement. But another perfect advertisement is about your special event or, you know, Sunday morning, everybody knows, it's easier to get a visitor Wednesday night, by the way, than Sunday morning, first of all, because Catholics think you get excommunicated if you visit another church um, that's not their church on Sunday morning, but Wednesday night, fair game. That's a club. We used to have all these visitors on Wednesday night, and they'd all be shocked. You have something for the adults on Wednesday night? Yeah, while the kids are in their classes, we formed a little adult group. Because they thought they were coming to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts or whatever the case was, see? So much easier to get a visitor on Wednesday night. However, um, uh, asking your kids to bring visitors is really key. And let me say this, kids like to be rewarded. So have contests with your kids. Bring a, bring a visitor to church and this, you get one of these and, you know, it's a four-week contest. And, you know, we, whatever it is you're giving away, make visitors the big thighs or whatever the case is. And uh, make parents visitors too, so a church kid can bring his mom to ch kids' church or Sunday school. And that counts uh, because uh, you want those parents to come see what you're doing. They might become workers someday because their kid brought them to score points or whatever. All right? So um, have visitors contest. That also is a great way to get kids to come visit your church. Be sure and get their name, their address, their data. They go on your data form. All of that sort of stuff. Um, the last two points, which I don't have much time for, or no time for, relationship, but we talked about at the beginning, that loving, friendly, kind relationship. One church I was in, my second grade girls Sunday school teacher, we started off with 20 kids. By the end of the year, she had 40. So I'd have two three, third grade classes that next year, uh, third grade girls. And she stayed in her class because she always taught second grade girls. And then next year she went 20, she had 40 girls again. So I had to have two fourth grade classes, two third grade classes. And the next year she ended up with 40 girls again. I had two fifth grade classes, two fourth grade. And I realized that one person does make a difference. How loving you are, how kind you are, how many letters you write to the people who come. How do you, what do you do with visitors? She's calling them on the phone. Thank you. I hope you come back. What do you do with the stragglers? Hey, where are you? We missed you terribly. You're with your dad now. Oh, well, can he, let me talk to your dad. Hey, your daughter's in my class. You ought to bring her to church on Sunday. I know it's your day, but she'd really like it. You'd be her hero if you'd bring her to church because I know she misses coming. Oh, well, good. I'll say, well, yes, you can come too. So that's how you grow. Your classroom, your ministry, it takes work, it takes systematic processes, it takes collecting data, and I'm going to pray, God, I ask that you'll take this fruit, this seed, 
And may there be souls in every class, in every ministry, in every church as we go out after these lost fish. Amen. Thanks, everybody.